It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 4, Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. And do you know what, Dale? I tend to not even worry about what's on our agenda now. I just read the Daily Mail to see what you're up to. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they right. are loving you over there at the Daily Mail, Dale. Yeah, they do. I'm, I'm like the, the Daily the, Dale. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's like uh, every, every time I speak to them, people or do something, they create some kind of crazy new story. Uh, but I love it, kind of, in a way. And I don't love it in another way. I know. I get that. I, th- I think they must have a sort of DV alert in the office that, you know, every couple of hours there's a sort of klaxon goes off. <laughs> We've got another one. What's he said? Oh, look, he walked down a street looking environmentally aware. I was in the House of Lords yesterday, actually, and I, and I realized I wished I'd taken my uh, Just Up Oil high-vis jacket because uh, I could have put it on once safely inside and took a couple of pictures and had a bit of fun, but uh, forgot all about that. Would have been nice. Well, yeah, but that you see, that would have been front page of the mail, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Dalvin shows disrespect for the mother of all parliaments. <laughs> so this week, uh, what, what happened was they came to a, an event we had. We had a little launch party. Sky Diamond did for a new partnership we launched with a guy called Kyle Duvall. And... Um, Daily Mail came along, like the fashion reporter, and all he wanted to do was talk about Just Stop Oil. Yeah, we got into it, and um, <laughs> I just told him that I thought that actually climate denial shouldn't be allowed. I've said it before on this podcast. I think it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, it's like we don't allow Holocaust denial. Why should we allow people? Because it's dangerous. If you deny it now, then you help it to happen. Uh, we know that. And so they turned it into like, you know, this big story of me of comparing the Holocaust to climate crisis. And they're actually accusing Rishi Sunak of killing people. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a classic trope, isn't it? That if you in any way invoke a certain phrase, then someone says, oh, that's what he's trying to say. And it's because that's not what you're trying to say. No. What you're simply trying to say is, you know, there are facts and don't deny them. That's right. And he said to me, obviously, he knew what he was going to be talking about or writing about the, the next day. He said to me, but it would have to be deliberate to be like a Holocaust, uh, you know, anything like the Holocaust. It would have to be on, on purpose. And I said, but it is, right? Because we have the science. We've had it for decades. But it's especially clear to us now that we can't afford to burn more fossil fuels, dig out more fossil fuels because of, of the harm it's doing. And the UN have said that Four million people globally have died already because of the climate crisis, I said to him. So people are dying. We know it's happening. And if you if you drill for oil in the North Sea now, then yes, it's deliberate. That turned into Rishi Sunak is killing people. <laughs> this is the fashion reporter. <laughs> That's right. That's a fashion reporter, man. He's got a wide old brief over there on the fashion desk, isn't he? This is brilliant. Man alive. We want you to do blazers, cardigans, tank tops, and stale <laughs> uh, Vince. <laughs> tank tops. <laughs> I love it. All of that. I was thinking of Tiananmen Square when you said that. Uh, Indeed, yeah. Absolutely right. Goodness me. Well, let's look at some of the bigger stories as well over the day. Wind and solar installations in China. That's always an interesting story, isn't it? Because China comes up as the uh, almost, I was about to say the deniers, uh, but it's always the kind of go-to, well, what about 
China. It's the cop out, and it's it's the you know people that can't really argue logically against what we're saying that we should do and, and need to do. They say, yes, but we're responsible for less than, I don't know, 1% of global emissions. What about China? There's no point doing anything uh, unless China does. And I'm always saying the same thing, but China is. China's doing amazing things. And yeah, out comes this story about the rate at which they're installing. They're going to hit the 2030 target five years early. And that's a third of all of their energy from renewables. And, and, you know, back here in Britain, all we hear is news saying that we're going to miss our targets. That's all we get. At the same time in China, there was another story that said that they've installed more solar panels than the rest of the world put together. Wow. Which is incredible. And how does that, you know, in just to put my other hat on for a second, Dale, I, I pulled it along especially <laughs> for this conversation. Only one. Well, I, there's a few in the box, right. but this this one I've, I've plucked out just for the obvious question. How does that square with their other endeavours, which still involve coal and disturbs quite a lot of people that they're pursuing that as well? Yeah, they are still burning a lot of coal. There's no doubt about it. And coal is going to be dominant on the grid maybe for another decade, I think I might have read in that article. But, you know, you've got to give them credit for what they've done to change that. You know, they're transforming their grid rapidly, more rapidly than we are. And, um, you know, I mean... Also, bear in mind, there's over a billion people there. They've got a lot of work to do. You know, we've just got 60 million. It's not so hard for us to, you'd think, get to uh, net zero. But on balance, they are still, the contention is they're still actually doing more in terms of renewables. They're global leaders, right, in the in the rate of installation and actually as a percentage as a country as well. I mean, they're just global leaders in this stuff. And they make all the stuff that we're installing at a slower rate than they are. I mean, without China... You might argue that we'd have little hope of getting to net zero. And what about the UK? Because the UK has lost its net zero leadership status. What was that to begin with? I think it was bullshit, actually, to begin with. I don't think we ever had it. You know, I think it's what Tory politicians said ahead of COP26. Was that the Glasgow one? I'm not really sure. But, you know, you know, we're always claiming global leadership or aiming to have global leadership. It's just, it's just what politicians say. But, yeah, I mean, back here, the Climate Change Committee have been very clear to Rishi Sunak and his government, if you drill in the North Sea, you'll, you'll blow our targets out of the water. You know, it's incompatible with us getting to net zero. And so the status that we... I mean, the leader, this is the bit I was confused about. Apparently, we had the leadership status to begin with. How, how did we get that? I don't, I don't think we had it. I think we said we had it. I don't think the, you know, I mean, is there an organization out there that ranks countries and says we were top? I haven't seen that. I think it's just something that we said, you know, we're global leaders. Blah, blah, blah. It's a, you can imagine Boris Johnson saying that, can't you? I can't. So someone just made that shit up, basically. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. That's what yeah. politicians do, isn't it? especially Tory politicians. Yeah. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question from Cheryl on Twitter. Well done for handling Kay Burley. Why do you think she lost it when you exposed the media narrative about Just Stop Oil? Tell, tell everybody what happened for those who didn't see it, Dale. Yeah, so I had this um, chat with Kay Burley on Sky a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, it's all going along like the, the usual narrative, you know, uh, about just stop oil failing, not working, that kind of stuff. I did just say to her, look, this is actually a media narrative. I've been out there on, on protests and stuff. And what I was trying to tell her was that for everybody that is angry, there's at least another person that's shouting support. She cut me off at that point. She didn't uh, let me say that to begin with. I did manage it. Because she took great exceptions. She's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Media, media narrative. Why would we do that? What's, you know, <laughs> all this guy? Oh, blimey, I've upset her. Bless her. And, and I just explained that, 
you know, I hear this all of the time in the media saying it's not working, is it? And I always say to them, but look, here we are talking about the climate crisis and the fact that it's driven by fossil fuels. We know we can't afford to drill more of it, and yet we are. And that's what Just Stop Oil is here for. For me, that's the, that's the sign that it is working. Uh, I was saying that to our friend Mike Graham yesterday uh, outside Parliament. I did a live piece with him as well. I'm like all over saw the that. place. I'm like yeah. a right-wing favorite right now. They're like, get that bloke on. I'm leaning into it. It's fun. <laughs> it was a nice one that because you called him Mikey, which is always, which is always kind of kind of an endearing moment in the middle of a massive row. That's right, Mikey. Um, Mikey, come on! <laughs> I think it's disarming, you know. I think and yeah, he, and he he smiles away. He says the most ridiculous stuff. He's like at one point he's he's going, well, if you want to cook your food on a candle and live in a cave in Gloucestershire, that's up to you. I'm like I'm like that's a bit extreme. All I said was we could save energy. <laughs> Yeah, he also said eating raw fish. And that's I, right, that's I, right. I can't imagine you eating any fish, let alone raw fish. So that's right. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, over in the United States, which is another cut, when we talk about China not doing enough, you know, which is a big narrative, the United States has always been in that top of the league of not adhering to what it should be doing. But it is on track to halve emissions by 2035. But scientists say it's not fast enough. Yeah, I saw that as well. And, um, you know, fair enough. I, I think, you know, most of the world is in that position. Uh, most, you know, most countries of the world have got targets. And even if they hit them, they aren't actually good enough targets. But most countries are not going to hit their targets. But it's great that China and, uh, and the US are going to hit targets. I mean, that's something, right? We just got to do more. Do you think when it comes to the US, obviously, if there's a Trump government coming in oh God. next <laughs> couple of years, that, that might kind of put things back a little bit. Yeah, can he can he be uh, president from the big house, you know, from behind bars? I don't think he can. Well, yes, he might well be in the chiller. Hi, I'm Mike Graham from Talk TV, and I've been asked to tell you about green issues in a new book called Manifesto. It's brilliant, apparently. Do you believe in climate change? I don't. Do you believe we all need to find a greener way of living our lives? No, I don't either. I think it's all a load of guff perpetuated by loony lefties and eco-zealots hell-bent on causing a nuisance. Do you believe we're all killing our beautiful planet? No. Neither do I, but I know a fellow who does. His name's Dale Vince. He's so convinced he's written a whole book about it called Manifesto. The Battle for Green Britain. It's part memoir, part handbook for changing the world and shaking it up, apparently. I won't be buying it, but you can if you want to waste your hard-earned cash. It's four ninety nine. Pretty cheap, isn't it? You must be wealthy as hell. According to this script, it's available now from fgr.co.uk forward slash shop. Here's a question from Leslie on Twitter. I think it's time you get a fact checker, Dale, to debunk all this truth that has been fired at you in interviews. I'd love to see your opponents actively fact checked. <laughs> yeah, which is a great idea, actually. And we did fact check Piers Morgan in the last few days because when I was on with him the other week, you know, he lobbed in this this fatuous argument he has about almonds and avocados. And if you eat them and you're a vegan, then you're a hypocrite. And in the course of that, he said to me that, uh, you know, all, all avocados in the world come from California. Uh, when I said, you know, that they also come from Spain, he was like, how do you know that? And, you know, I was like, well, I use my eyes, right? So we fact-checked the avocado story and we found that uh, – the U.S. as a whole, not California, are 10th in the global rankings of avocado production. So I sent him that on uh, social media and said, hey, Pierce, look at this. Uh, you know, obviously what you said was wrong. So he just comes back with uh, an almond rebuttal saying basically what he said was true about almonds, if not about avocados. He didn't say it that way. He didn't, he didn't accept 
that what he said about avocados was wrong. So we've begun the process of actually, you know, post-event fact-checking. I did something with uh, Julia Hartley Brewer as well a few weeks ago. Julia got something wrong? <laughs> about the wheel, was this? <laughs> it was the wheel that we uninvented. Yeah. yeah. But what do you get when you when you uninvent the wheel? What's left? What, what sits on your car? And what prize do you get? Is that Does that come under – do the Nobel boys deal with that? I don't know who deals with the uninventing of things. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea either. Well, I'll ask an organization time. that does that because the award ceremony would be the, the, the funniest award ceremony ever. It would, wouldn't it? It would. The prize for uninventing the wheel. We had mean, a, what would they show in the video? We had a wonderful award ceremony yesterday in the House of Lords, uh, Young Green Britain Awards, a bunch of schools all over the country for the last few months. Kids have been uh, getting together in teams to to invent and, and pursue kind of climate environment ideas and solutions. And we all met in the House of Lords, hosted by uh, Lord Bird, the uh, founder of The Big Issue. Just had a great time. The kids are amazing, really, really yeah. brilliant. And and there's you know, ironically, um, when the Daily Mail first came for me a few weeks ago, the the next thing they did, the Telegraph and people like that, was go for our Ministry of Eco Education. And uh, ran, running headlines claiming that I was trying to uh, brainwash Britain's kids with my eco curriculum. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. you know about the wheel, children, forget it. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Oh, that's right. We've uninvented it. Yeah. And, and look at this lovely cave. We could all aspire to live in one of them with dead fish and candles <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Go see the head teacher, Mr. Graham. He's ready for you now. <laughs> <laughs> New Ecotricity Report says 65% of UK homes are good for solar panels. Now, this is interesting because, again, when it comes to sort of catch-all answers that people throw at you for why things can't happen, the biggest one is, ah, yeah, but we, our homes aren't conducive with solar panels. Apparently they are. Yeah, this one came about from last summer. I was in the Commons giving evidence to an audit committee, an environment audit committee, and at the end the chairman asked me, what was the potential for for solar on on our rooftops and said i didn't know but i'd find out but when i looked there's no data nobody had done the study so we did it and uh, we found that actually we can make 13 percent of the electricity that we need as a country not just for homes but for businesses as well we could make that from our rooftops from those that are suitable and um because we've only got about a 50% gap left to go between where we are and 100% green on the grid, that means our rooftops can contribute 25% of what's left to deliver, which is a really big number. Yeah. And, and an amount of electricity worth something like £16 billion a year, you know, it'll create just an incredible number of jobs, but also it'll make electricity at the point of use, the deepest down the grid that you can get. And off the back of that, we calculated avoided losses. And it's half a billion pounds a year of avoided losses from making this electricity where it needs to be used. There's so many benefits from doing this. Question from Nick. I know that there's a live Zero Carbonista show at WOMAD this year, but are you appearing at any other festivals? Well, you did appear at Glastonbury in a, in a manner. I did. Yeah, I did. I did a talk in the uh, Speakers Forum, and that was, uh, that was really good fun. Great crowd, a uh, great session with the BBC, uh, uh, ex-BBC reporter. Um, Ed Miliband had dropped out. He'd succumbed to a bit of right-wing pressure, Daily Mail-type pressure, because... Just Stop Oil were kind of like in the vicinity. And and, and I think the fear was of being uh, accused of sharing a platform with Just Stop Oil. Um, so I dropped in and uh, and filled the slot, had a great time. I did Shindig a couple of weeks ago. This is going to be a summer of festivals for me. And I'm going to do the Green Gathering. Uh, I think it's in August or something like that. I'm not too yeah. clear. But I just keep saying yes. People are saying to me, will you come to my festival and talk? And I'm like, yeah, all right then. Did you hang around to, to watch much of Glastonbury? 
Uh, yeah, I, I stayed for the for the duration. Actually, I got the tan to prove it. Have you got a photo with Rick Astley? That's the question. <laughs> he was giving it large on one of the stages. I noticed. Yeah, there's a few people giving it large on stages. I, you know, I, I saw a bit of music, but mostly I was, uh, you know, just uh, having pottering. Fun. Yeah, pottering and chatting. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And oh, I will tell you a funny story. Right? I mean, loads of people like recognised me and said, "Like, keep up the good work, keep funding Joss Stop Boil." And I'm like surprised by that. But I was walking up to a fruit stand at one point to buy some raspberries, innocent as you like. And the guy behind the counter was on the phone, and he says, "I'll ask him now." And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like "What?" <laughs> so he's having a conversation with somebody about a windmill, and he wants to know if it's mine. I was like, "Wow, that was just a bit freaky." Yeah. Was it yours? No. Oh, it turned out to be a, <laughs> a moody windmill. Somewhere. Yeah, just a moody one. Yeah. Uh, Steve says, just adding my vote to Alistair's suggestion in the last episode of Solar Panel Scheme via Salary Sacrifice, discussed in this office, and pretty much all of us would go for it if it was as tax-efficient as car and bike schemes. Yeah, nice one. Something like that needs to happen, right? Is that the point? Yeah, I haven't had the chance in that week or so since we um, made an episode <laughs> to look at the numbers, but I'm going to do that because we uh, should say, actually, we missed an episode, didn't we? I was at Glastonbury. I was meant to yeah. like call you up from the field and, and run an episode, and I think I was 24 hours late when I realized I should have done that. <laughs> it's like, well, it was Glastonbury, right? Listen, it's very easy to lose a day at Glastonbury. I'd be absolutely gutted if he didn't. That would be outrageous. Yeah. I thought I was sitting there thinking, if he shows up for this, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> They would mean I wasn't really there, right? Well, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so so, so the, that worked out exactly as it should work out. Yeah. And here we are now talking about it, so nothing lost. Yeah, nothing lost. Uh, let's get a word on this as well, Dale. Uh, you're backing a climate majority project. Uh, what is it and why are you backing it? Yeah, so it's a new group uh, that have formed to give a voice to the um, the silent majority, you know, the the most of us that care about the climate crisis. You know, the YouGov poll last week was like 70%. Uh, the government's own poll is like 85 uh, But most people don't want to block roads and get arrested and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, because we're, we're English, right? We're polite. And don't, we, we don't all roll that way. And the idea is to, like, give a voice to these tens of millions of people that want to see more happen and less of the bad stuff, like drilling for oil and coal and that kind sure. of stuff and um, so i support them and because my friends in the right-wing media are like aha he's like backing away from just stop oil but that isn't the case uh, you know i think it's horses for courses uh, i think we need to pull all the protest levers that we can until the election comes and then we get to vote uh, and get this uh, you know this shoddy government out of the way hopefully um, but in the meantime, and you're still, are you still confident? I know we pushed this point on a, on previous episodes, Dale. But are you still confident that the Labour Party will do what needs to be done, or there's some suggestion they'll just do a bit of what needs to be done? So it's a little bit more than the Tories, but not enough to make a significant difference. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because from from where I'm standing, they're being battered by the right wing press over the things that they say they're going to do, and there looks like a little bit of kind of backing off or equivocating or something like that. I, I remain confident that they. They know what needs to be done and that we're in this phase pre-election of, uh, of, of kind of like a maneuvering, if you like, you know, between the media and the Labour Party. They don't want to give yeah. them easy targets and that kind of stuff. But as I said uh, in, in my talk at Glastonbury to somebody that said he had doubts about Keir Starmer, one thing we can not have doubts about is the Tory government. We know what will happen if they get back in. So give Keir the benefit of your doubt. Whatever happens, they'll be far better than the last 13 years of this Tory government and the drilling for coal and oil and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It's our best hope. However, 
wherever it sits on the spectrum of our desires in terms of going far enough on the green economy, wherever it sits, it sits way ahead of the Tories. There it is. And on that point, Dale, have a cracking week. We'll speak in seven days. Awesome. See you then. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well. Really important bit, follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince, and on Insta too. And in the Daily Mail. Zero. Carbon. East off.